0: Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force Podcast. Great to have you with us. I'm Doug Barry, along with my very good friend, Father Richard Heilman, and our guest tonight, Desmond Birch. Before we get into this show, of course, we want to start everything in prayer. Father, I pass it to you.
1: All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Awesome. Amen. Thank you, Father. And everybody out there, I want to thank you all again, as always, for being just amazing supporters and just a great, great encouragement for this work through the U.S. Grace Force. We are thrilled to be able to serve you. We hope and pray that it serves you well and honors God in the process. We would thank all of you, your, your encouragement, your prayers, your comments, your support is phenomenal. And we thank especially those out there who support us through the Patreon program. If you're interested, click the link in the description below. That financial support, whether it's $5 a month, $10 a month, more, $50 a month, whatever you're able to give is enormously helpful to us, especially right now with so much canceling going on, which we see left and right everywhere your support helps us continue to be able to get this message out to as many people as possible. And we want to grow these ranks. Also, don't forget August 14th is our two year anniversary and we are striving to get to a 50,000 subscription, YouTube channel subscription number as just a benchmark just showing just just a great, great team of people who've decided to subscribe and support this channel. So 50,000 is our goal by August 14th. I'm not sure where we are at the time we recorded this program, but I know we're close. So please continue to support us if you can. Subscribe to this channel and share it with others. And don't forget to go out to the U.S. Grace Force official gear page and check out the great T-shirts and hoodies and sweatshirts and all the great stuff we got out there. It's a great way to send a message to the world while also continuing to support the work that we're doing here with the U.S. Grace Force. And we thank you all very much for that. You were all in our prayers. Father Heilman, I know we've been excited to have Desmond on. This man has been in the, boy, he's been in the game on the battlefield, we should say, for a long, long time, dealing with just so much about revelation, theology, and just where we are in the world. But I'm going to pass it to you and let you introduce Desmond, because you spent more time than I have getting to know this, this wonderful warrior in the field of battle. Well,
1: I, I'm so excited to have you on, Desmond, and I, I want to uh, tell our viewers uh, why right now you're on, because you you contacted me to see if I'm okay, and that's just amazing, but you and I have been uh, communicating mostly so through social media for some time now, just because um, I you saw that I had an interest in, in things like prophecies and apparitions and things like that, and and how they fit in and all that. And, and we just started conversing. I think we, at one point we were in a uh, Facebook group together, uh, just having these wonderful conversations about all that. And uh, Desmond uh, wrote a book. It, it, it was uh, It's really a legendary book. Uh, Trial, Tribulation, and Triumph, Before, During, and After the Antichrist. And um, it's an incredible book, uh, Desmond. I actually read that before you and I met uh, because it was just a lot of people had a lot of interest in and I wanted to check it out, but uh, yeah. So we are so excited because we have Desmond on to, to help us to understand, are we in the end times and, and what that looked like. And so Desmond, maybe fill your fill a little bit more in about yourself. And, uh, and then I, I think we wanted to talk about, you said something about nine things that needed to happen to, and you can word it the way you want, but uh, but yeah, well, a little bit more about yourself in that. Sure,
2: sure, okay. Uh, I've been uh, studying and between studying and teaching theology and philosophy, uh, church history, etc., for well over half a century. Uh, don't want to scare anybody to death. But I, I'm probably older than anybody else who's listening because... And you I look was, 38. <laughs> <laughs> you do. You're
1: you a very, very young-looking man.
2: Well, uh, I was introduced on a slow-pitch softball team about 25 years ago. I was the oldest guy on it then. And they said, they introduced me and said, and now for the only starter in this league who was born before the Jap attack on Pearl Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> I went for the throat immediately. No, it isn't. Yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, uh, the uh, I've been trained by Benedictines, Jesuits, uh, all Sorry. kinds of. All <laughs> ca- <laughs> yeah, I was
0: going to comment at that point, but Father, you beat me to it.
2: Well, fa- if Father Paco was here. He, he, he jumped to my defense. Yeah, right. I survived years of Jesuit instruction by having four. Faithful old school Jesuit priest from my mentors, and when I when my uh, sense of the faith antenna told me that something I'd heard in a class was wrong, dead wrong, but I couldn't find the answer over in the library, which was a huge library, I'd go to them and say, "Okay, what do I do now?" They would point me to a, a shelf, and the book where to find it, but they wouldn't tell me what was in it. Say, "You have to read this chapter," and so uh-huh. I'd I'd burn the mid light oil to three or four. I said, "Why? Why don't you just do listen?" Because once you've done that, you own it. You will own it for the rest of your nice. life. If we tell it to you, it'll just go in one ear and out the other. Yep. Just like yeah. those professors' lectures. <laughs> <laughs> I said, All right. Okay. At any rate, uh, the question of the end times was... Hey, much...
1: uh, can I stop you real quick? Sure. Before you Because to... you said you've been teaching philosophy and theology for 50 years. No, no, but no, you... no, no.
2: Studying what? and teaching.
1: Okay but 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 you've been uh, it's been a project of yours a personal project to study all of these prophecies. I mean yes. you're probably the world's leading ex- expert on these because of your diligence that you've given over 50 years to really tear into these. So I want to make sure that that we had that piece in there too.
2: okay at the yeah. risk of at the risk of wiping out something else is probably more important. I'll tell another very short story. I I worked on a presidential campaign in 1972. The candidate I was working for was a devout Catholic. Uh, When I got back home, uh, an, an old friend of mine met me and he says, Desmond, I want you to read this book. I know your scholastic background. Read this book and tell me what you think of it. And it was a book on Catholic prophecies. Tiny little book, but there was plenty in it. And so we met for lunch two weeks later. And he said, well, what do you think? And I took the book and I spun it back to him across the table. And I says, anybody who takes, you have to understand, this was 1973, 72. Right. This, is, this was before the Arab oil embargo.
1: I was okay. in eighth grade, by the way, but go ahead. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I just got none from being a press, a press secretary on the U.S. presidential campaign. That's that's your second clue how old I am. Well, the problem here
1: is that you look younger than me right now. So
2: it's just not fair. <laughs> and he, he said... What if, I said anybody take seriously the idea that those camel jockeys—I know that's not a correct, term, a politically correct term—and I shouldn't have used it then at the time, but that's what I said. Okay, edit get,
1: that out. No, just kidding.
2: <laughs> <laughs> are going to are going to be, invade Western Europe, be, be a major cause of problem in the in the world before the year 2000? I said. Such a person who says that doesn't have a clue about geopolitics in the 20th century. Do you understand what I'm saying? He says, Yes. Two weeks later, the uh, the Arabs initiated their Arab oil embargo and he called me up. I'd forgotten about it. He called me up and says, Hey, what do you say we go to the He says, Oh, okay. We get to the back, he spins the book back to me. He says, Wanna read it again? <laughs> 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 that was how my interest in in prophecy really, really took nice. up. Both both scriptural, both public and private okay, okay so yeah. now we get into the subject are we living in the end times there are two absolutely correct answers that are completely different saint john tells us uh that uh in in the, in the bible that we are all living in the last time since the time of, of the lord's uh, paschal mysteries past, right. death and resurrection okay now that's one answer the other answer is if you're asking are we in the very end times there is not a snowball's chance in hades but that is the case now we're going to go directly into why. I've, over the years, uh, encapsulated nine steps that, that come from the traditional teachings of the church, which we used to get very clearly at least every three years okay. uh, back in when I was a boy in the 40s and 1950s. Okay, the last of the eight of the nine steps below must be preceded by the one Jesus proclaims in the gospel of Matthew in the following manner, quote, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So, the, the, has the gospel been preached in the whole world? No, and mm-hmm. going to, we're going to go into that a in little bit. Uh, Pope uh, Pius XII, John Paul II, Benedict XVI says, heck no. <laughs> okay. It has not happened yet. Um, now, I'm going to read the nine steps. Just go through them. The gospel must be peace in the whole world. That must happen before any of the other following end time events can occur.
1: Yeah, so we haven't even entered the nine steps yet, right? Well, we got,
2: sure. We're 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 still in the evangelization of the world. Right, That's the first right, step.
1: That's right. where we're at. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll, be,
2: I'll be giving evidence for that later. Then after then comes what? The fullness of the Gentiles. St. Paul talks about the fullness of the Gentiles. That's when the when the Gentiles will for the most part, not totally, but for the most part, stop coming into the church, and then he says, when that happens, then then is when the Jews are going to going to convert to Christ. Okay, so we got we got that grace when when most many of the Jews rejected it when Jesus was here. He said, and when the Gentiles turn around and throw it back in God's face, he said, then it will be. It shortly after that, will come the time when, when the when the Jews convert. I'm paraphrasing it, but that's what he says. Sure. Uh, now, uh, so the fullness of the Gentiles quite obviously hasn't happened yet either. I mean, the first step tells us none of this stuff could be happening, but I'm going to cover why. When the, when the fullness of Gentiles is hit, Gentiles for the most part will stop coming into the church. Right now, anybody who's got access to the internet can look up and find out that the Gentiles are coming into the Catholic Church, becoming Christians. In, in massive record numbers and to the countenance, Africa and Asia, end of discussion, yes. if, end of discussion, uh, the fullness of the Gentiles is not here yet. After the fullness of the Gentiles, then will come the great apostasy. Then the Gentiles who, who, who are already in the church in massive numbers, doesn't say all, it won't be all, but a, a heavy majority is the opinion of the fathers and doctors of the church. They will apostatize, Okay. Uh, what does apostasy, well, now I'm going to cover that in a couple of minutes. Apostasy is not what some people think it is today. It is not, oh my Lord, Marty Frickers in Buck Tesla, Texas, she stopped going to the sacraments and she believes in abortion. That's not abortion. That's not, a, that is not apostasy. That's heresy. The church has always drawn that distinction. But people, the people are, look at Joe Biden, look at Nancy Pelosi. Said, yeah, they're great heretics. <laughs> What is what what is it required for them to become an apostate? Church has always taught the following: it must be involved three things: a bapt one, a baptized Christian; two, publicly, formally; three, repudiates his Christian faith. And just because a guy can have, you can take Arius, the heretic in the early church who denied the divinity of Christ, but there's a heresy that there was a time when the father was not yet father, implying that Jesus is just a creature of the father. Does the church call him Arius the the apostate? No, he never repudiated his public faith. He was a heretic and they called him so. He was a heretic. Okay, then we go down a little bit later, you find Julian the apostate who had been raised as a Christian. He was adopted by Christian parents, given a tremendous education, became a great military leader in the Western Roman Empire. And the empire was divided and depending upon who was counting three or four parts, not one whole thing anymore. And he thought, he came to the conclusion, if we just go back to the worship of of the Roman gods and the pagan mystery cults again, that'll be the glue that'll put the whole empire together and I can be heaven king of the hill again. No, no. Did the church call him a mere heretic? No, they called him what he was, an apostate. He he was a baptized Christian who publicly, formally repudiated his, his in total his faith in christ and his church end of discussion that is not going on today either with with rare exception most of the people are being called apostates by various people today just many good men and good women are saying this kind of thing they just haven't thought it out well enough that's all i'm not trying to throw rocks at them there's people i love and respect who've been saying this okay they simply don't. They don't even know what it, what the church defines an apostate as. Okay, let's, let's We don't have that much time. Let's keep rolling. Okay. Um, then after the after the great apostasy, that sets the stage for the for the appearance of the antichrist. Then the great antichrist, the son of perdition, comes. That's the fourth step. Then comes the two witnesses to the Book of hey, Revelation.
1: Hey, can uh, can you give a little insight into what the antichrist looks like? Because I know that's another one that people throw around. Right. What do he looks like? Well, I mean not like does he have thorn or horns and a tail, but you know but, but what is that person uh, how, how do you describe what
0: well, that Well, yeah, and, and we hear that there's the spirit of the antichrist and then there's an actual man who's an who is the antichrist. Right. Can you can you break that down and define that? The spirit that?
2: of the antichrist has been in the world since Jesus resurrected. Okay. okay. And the scripture says so. The spirit of the Christ whenever anybody denies Christ OK,
1: yeah,
2: that is the spirit of the Antichrist. And St. John says so word for word.
0: Okay, That's yeah.
2: all it's about. The spirit of the Antichrist. The root of it is a denial of Christ and his church after they've heard the message of the gospel. OK, uh, the the uh, the great granddaddy of all comes at the end of time. The fathers of the church are united, united. And I can't we don't have time to go into this. But you can find it in my book, Trial, Tribulation, and Triumph, laid out in yeah, that
1: book. It's 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 in monumental. great
2: detail. All these things that we're talking about here, we're just skipping over the tops of some waves. You read the book, you're gonna get you're gonna get the full right, story. Right, okay. right. So, uh, the uh, uh, where was I?
1: <laughs> uh, we were at the Antichrist, and then you were going to move yes, on to the next one before okay. I interrupted the, you.
2: That's all right. There, uh, the. <laughs> the, 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 the the tradition of the church, the traditional teaching of the church is that he has to be a Jew. Where does that come? The book of, from the book of Daniel. The Jews, most of the Jews are hornswoggled by the Antichrist when he comes, the same as most of the Gentiles. Scripture says that, okay? What does that tell us if the Jews fall for, for his blandishments? He's got to be Jewish and able to prove it. Are oh. the Jews going to accept anybody but a Jew as the Messiah? Of course not! Most of, the, most of my fellow students in, in first, second, or third grade under sister could have told you that. We knew that much. <laughs> For six-year-olds in the church, in many cases, knew more about their faith than many adults today in my generation.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay? And I've tried not to make that too offensive. I, hope, I don't mean to offend anybody. Okay. Um, then well, then after that, the, uh, we don't have time to go into it. The, these two witnesses performed miracles that the fathers and doctors of the church say came from the oral tradition uh, that and it ends with them bringing the, the Ark of the Covenant. They get it from Mount Nebo, bring it into Jerusalem. The Jews realize the Antichrist doesn't have the Ark of the Covenant. These guys have the Ark of the Covenant. He's got to be a phony. And it's after that that the oral tradition of the church says that the Antichrist will try to simulate Jesus' ascension. Okay? Wow. And he, and he gets up into the air And Jesus says, Michael, it's your time. Go get him.
1: (laughs) Wow!
2: Michael nails him with a lightning bolt and he falls screaming all the way to the ground. Wow. Now, that's not dogma of the church, but it is a consistent tradition that comes from the the infancy of the church. Okay. Then comes, you got the massive conversion of the Jews after they see that. Then comes the death of the Antichrist, which I just described. After that. According to St. Robert Bellarmine and all the great, and he was the last doctor of the church to do in-depth in depth study of the church's eschatological teachings. He says, he used the word Latin word statin at once or immediately or very quite soon. says immediately after the death of the Antichrist or shortly thereafter that there will be a, a period of time for people to repent and and, and, and reconvert or if they never before, do it then. Then after that comes the trumpet. Wow. And and from that point on, it's either you're going to heaven or you're going to be a crispy critter. There's now, does that, that
1: happen, uh, Desmond, in an instant or over a short period of time, in a long period of time, or don't you or don't we know? That's what
2: that's what happened over. Well, a when
1: uh, I'm think, actually thinking about the, the last two, there's a short period of time. Um, do we, we know, know. A sense of what that is, or
2: we I mean, don't know? All we yeah, know could... is it. We don't know. All we know is there is sufficient time there for anybody who is intellectually on and spiritually honest to repent. Jesus gives them all enough time to do that. Okay. Okay. And he, can, he, he can do that with the whole through the Holy spirit with massive things. He could send the Holy spirit with massive grace. But the person had to be crazy to reject. We don't know how it will be accomplished, but it will be fair. It will be just, and it will be accomplished.
1: <sighs> so the long and the short of it is for all those that are listening, that are in the fetal position, thinking that <laughs> you know, the end times is tomorrow. Uh, you're, you're saying not even close.
2: Right? Well, I said Hades before, but I'll see it more clearly this time. There isn't a snowball proverbial chance in hell. That's going to happen. Right. And we're, we're, gonna, we're going to... We're so we can
1: all get out of our fetal position right now, right? Absolutely. Yeah. The,
2: the la- all the popes in the 20th century can get out there and evangelize!
0: Right. So then, Desmond, what would you describe the times we're in right now? I mean, based on... The fact that we the I I I, fo- I focus a lot sometimes on the last one hundred or so years since Fatima, with church-approved church-approved Marian apparitions and the prophecies, yep. Yep. such as World War II, which happened, yep. or in Kabijo she showed the vision of the genocide that happened, Akita she talks about fire falling from the sky. I mean, well, we're living in, in in a rough time. Yeah, can you break down a little bit about what what time would you say we are in? Are we going through a cleanup period? Is something coming? I mean, the, the talk of of
2: uh, obviously what we're seeing is oh, we have to read your book, right? Is no, we don't have to. But st- but if, if you're in the fetal position, start out with chapter nine. Okay, okay.
1: chapter right. nine. I'll get you out of the fetal position. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all
2: right. Okay. So, if, uh, the, all of those private prophecies and they're not matters of faith. I don't even have to accept Fatima. I think I'd be a fool not to, given all right. the folks have said it's real. Sure. But. No Catholic is required to believe in any private prophecy. That is, frankly, why I try to keep this type of a presentation strictly a public prophecy. Okay? okay. I, I, I acknowledge, any if anybody's read my book knows, it's about probably half of it is private prophecy. Mm. But my personal reason for putting it in there is not to promote private prophecy. It's to demonstrate that approved Catholic prophecy, there's never any conflict between that and the traditional eschatological teachings of the church.
0: Sure. That's sure. the
2: reason I've even got them in there.
0: And if, there, so, and, if there, and if there would be, just to be clear for people, if there would be, because there are many su- supposed or alleged apparitions here and there, that some have been condemned, some are still being investigated, whatever, but if they do contradict, then we should recognize there's a that's a major red flag right
2: there. Absolutely. Major. Yeah. It's, it's not definitive in and of itself. Uh, there, there's a list of about nine tests that bishops are supposed to give uh, to, to just begin to investigate this. The first one is, will he obey? If the man will if a man or woman who has' an, who has acclaimed extraordinary charism could be philosophy uh, prophecy could be healing could be anything uh if if they will obey if they won't obey they're a fraud stay away from them okay. that's the very so, first test
1: so um Desmond d- d- do prophecies that are approved actually speak to the present time that we're living in right now no. do you do you send? <laughs> I've had guys. And if they do, can you name like some that come to mind that 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 do, that
2: do that? Yeah, I already did. <laughs> but the first one was the Arabs coming to power. The young people today have, cannot comprehend it to a time when the Arabs, well, excuse me, when the Muslims were not a, with were not a threat. Well, up until 1973, they weren't a threat. Nobody took them seriously. Mm-hmm. But prophecies laid out particularly how it was going to come about. Um, the uh, the bishop against bishop cardinal against cardinal this is said by a number key, of, right well that it was preceded by a number of uh uh holthauser he he says that there's a number of others preceded it that it to say that right uh and and uh i found this very difficult to believe and i first for sure to read i'm like god I, mean, I no longer find it hard to believe it it's happening before my very eyes and, right. and
0: Desmond, in the, in the history of the church is has there been a time that has where we've seen bishop against bishop cardinals cardinal to the degree that we're seeing it now.
2: You're trying to start a fight, right? <laughs> 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 there's, there's my my answer to that is heck yes. Okay. Uh the uh but there are any number of scholars, including a couple of popes, have said Desmond doesn't know what he's talking to. So if you ask <laughs> me who you're to listen to, the Pope or Desmond, I'd tell you the Pope, but i think that i'm right on this that it's a matter of perspective in the arian heresy it was so bad yeah by 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 357 the council of nicaea condemned the arian heresy which denied that jesus was divine in the in june of 325 a.d okay by 357 uh, frankly through a lot through the help of so-called emperor christian emperor constantine who was not a christian he wasn't even baptized till two weeks before he died that's the historical facts Put enough, put enough heretical bishops in power and had enough of them sent to the metal mines and uh, uh, had their tongues cut out, etc. As Father Philip Hughes, one of the greatest church historians of the 20th century, said by, the, by 357 at that time in the Council of Sermian, you could count the number of bishops who were faithful to Christ and his church who were still in possession of a diocese on the fingers of less than two hands? Wow! Yeah. Wow! It's the. It all depends what what monocle you're look or what's what filter you're looking through, right?
0: So, but when we so when we hear this in '73, for example, from Our Lady in Akita, Japan, she's obviously not talking about back then. She's referencing where we are now. Then, uh, how do we put uh, that in perspective? Uh. Is it? Is it basically because could it just be hers telling us, "Look, here it comes again," and because she does line this up before she gets to the point of fire falling from the sky and a multitude right. of the world being annihilated, right. which is a little different than the past.
2: Yes, it is. <laughs> and, but even even uh, the sister at Akita admitted these were these were uh, conditional prophecies. Okay? okay, that's conditional upon do people respond with grace and if you that's why father it's imperative that father remains free and able to run grace force that's a hint strong thanks
1: hand. man <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> because we need we need people who who've got their heads screwed on straight who aren't panic artists who can no. look at what's going on around us and say hey it's all been prophesied before it's been this, depending upon how you look at it it's been this bad and worse before I, I, The Arian heresy was not the only example I could give you. I could give you a number of others, Mm -hmm. but people don't study history anymore. Not in any depth. You know,
1: one point, one point I made it one time. uh, And I think you and I might've had a discussion about this is that I look at our times and I came up with a term for it and I called it stealth Arianism. (laughs) And and what I meant by that was. No,
0: I agree. I agree
1: 100%. Yeah. That, that in the area in here they just openly just said that you know, he's not divine but now they they no one will do that or virtually no one will do that that and and yet their their example or i'm sorry the evidence is there that that uh, they don't believe that, that that he's that Jesus is divine or or didn't we just see i always remember the date now because it was so striking stunning august 5th 2019 when the pew study report came out and Informed us that now we're at seventy percent of Catholics that believe that's a symbol on the altar instead of Jesus Christ.
2: But that's so nothing, that's all these that's nothing to, new. Yeah, go read reread TTT. I I said it was seventy percent. I'm going to
1: call it TTT from now on. That's yeah. cool. <laughs> I, I
2: said that it was seventy percent clear back when I wrote TTT and and it was first published in 1996.
1: Uh, wow. Hmm. It really? hasn't
2: gotten that much worse percentally. If anything, it's <laughs> getting gradually a little bit better by a little bit better. I've been around long enough to see the signs.
0: Wow. Well, because, I you know, I because like you were I, born before Pearl Harbor, right? Is that- <laughs> exactly, man. <laughs> okay. That, well,
1: I, I guess I, I guess now that you put it that way, I, I could agree with that because you know, I always harp on the seminary that I went through and We and I, I'm sorry. I apologize to the viewers because they heard this twenty times already. But we weren't offered one minute of Eucharistic adoration in the 1980s in all my seminary training. I understand. Yeah. So you got the the formators of priests. I mean, literally, I had uh, I I went into my parish, and I think I was there about two or three years when I opened up the sacristy closet and noticed this odd shaped case on the floor, you know, and 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 then came to. No. Form my own self about Eucharistic adoration, and thank God! Only a few years after that, that EWTN started to explode on the t- scene and okay. and and it, promote it. it. And, but I
2: understand but, completely, Father. Yeah. I've, seen, I've seen, I've, I've, I've guest lectured and taught in good seminaries and not so good seminaries over the years. Okay,
1: we were considered moderate back then too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah, I do fully. Okay, yeah. I. But I need to get to the backup that I promised them. I would give them. All on right. the three popes that said the whole world hasn't not even been evangelized yet, okay, I'm, and I'm going to have to do a short bravi and tell people where they can look up the texts themselves. I don't have time to give full depth on it. In uh, in 1951, a year before we immigrated to the United States, I was 10 years old in June. Pope Pius the the, uh, the 12th came out with an encyclical Evangelii precones in which he talked about the absolute necessity to jack up the evangelization efforts. And as he states in there, roughly two and a half billion people lived in the world at that time. Those were the estimates of everybody, okay? He said, of those, one billion of them still need to receive their initial evangelization. Wow. That is 40%, man, 40%. Wow. Pius XII said still had not received their initial evangelization. Now that leads us to another word, which I had to skip over up above. The words, mm-hmm. the words, nations. Where talks talk, Jesus talks about the nations. That's the word we choose in English. We really don't have a word for the Latin word they're translating it from, or from the Greek word they're translating it from. The, those words can mean a country, a tribe, a clan, people, all people, a group of people who have the same name, etc., etc. Okay. Uh, and anyway. Uh, so when they're talking about all the nations, they're not talking about one priest per country.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: We, we just don't have a word in English that will, yeah. that's a good equivalent. And that's not the only case in Scripture. There's tons of them, tons of them. Right. Uh, so then in 1990, John Paul II, issues his, his encyclical Redemptoris Missio, the mission of the Redeemer. And what does that explain? And you got to read the first all par- Oh, if you didn't read the first paragraph, if you can yeah. read English or any language you read it in. He said, the, this process of, of the mission is very far from over. In fact, it is only just beginning. And he was talking about the evangelization of the world. Okay. Right. And he, and he goes on, he says, he says, and he makes the distinction later between evangelization, agentes, to the peoples, the, the, the tribes. Okay. The peoples the clans the familiar groups whatever and the the new evangelization which is the evangelization of people who who have been previously received their the the initial evangelization but have since lost the faith like where like western europe he was pointing his finger directly at western europe and then and he also knew it was that bad in the united states he did um Okay. Is that
1: sort of is that sort of like Christ saying go first to the cho- uh, the house of the children of Israel yeah sacred scripture? Like it's like,
2: it, it's, it's, related. Yeah, it's related yeah 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 okay now uh, in uh, 20 years after that in 2010 uh, Pope Benedict was giving a major even uh, catechesis and uh, and e- exhortation at st Paul outside the walls in Rome Uh. In which, in which he sta- and he, he recaps what John Paul II said in Reden- in uh, in uh, Redemptoris Missio, and he says basically, and then he's right right at the end of his quotes from from Redemptoris Missio, where John Paul said the whole world has not received its initial evangelization. He, he says there are regions of this earth that have never yet received their initial evangelization. Benedict said that in 2010, and. Uh, if you want, I can I can send stuff later uh, that you can maybe make m- offer some way, because we're running out of time here. I know we are. Uh, so this is just, what I've covered is basically just, not not just the, the, the waves, we're, we're even picking the highest waves just to hit, to demonstrate to people, no, you don't need to go looking for a place to ride out the the, chas- the great chastisement yeah. of, of the Antichrist that's not here it's not about to be here
1: yeah right but now, what do we do instead what do we what evangelize I was hoping that was the word he would use
2: that's what the popes say yeah if we believe what they say and they've been saying it every they've been saying it all the 20th 20th and 21st century even Francis is saying evangelize evangelize right, right. evangel go go there forth and evangelize
0: Right. Yeah. You know, you know, (laughs) Desmond, I mean, I've never been, I've never, I I agree with you. I mean, obviously you're the expert on this. I've never been concerned about us being in the end of the end times that, Oh no, here it comes. This is it. But I've always been drawn to the fact that in Fatima on July 13th, when our lady showed them the vision of hell and she spoke then of that, this war would end soon. But if man does not stop, offending God, there'll be a second war worse than this one. And I've always looked at just kind of the practical facts that at the time, like in America, for example, alone, those attending mass back in the 1930s was much much higher than it is now. Uh, faithfully, obligation, and so forth. Contraception wasn't legalized. Pornography. People like Hugh Hefner and Larry Flint hadn't started their corruption, which has now become mainstream. And now we're hearing in the news, even in the last week, that they're teaching about you know pornography and and self abuse and all these things to even first and second graders um, in I certain know. places. I Con know where you're going.
2: I know where you're you're going. Could I answer it?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the the second war happened, and and I'm not concerned about the end times. I'm concerned about what's going on right now in my family, my life, my culture, my generation, and the generations
2: to come. I've never said this in a broadcast before of any kind, not in EWTN, not any of the places, but I'm going to say it now.
0: Okay, is this uh, going to get us taken off the platform because you say so? <laughs> so, so, so.
2: No, 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 no. Because <laughs> you
0: know, I want you, it to
2: be spicy. Yeah, go for you it. Know, <laughs> you may have you may have a lot of people are very offended with what I say because he's okay. talking about my grandparents or my grandparents. Yeah, I sure am. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. in in nineteen on the last day of nineteen thirty, the condoms came out in, in twenty eight. Okay. Right. Okay. By 1930, Pius XI is being told that all over the world, Catholics were running out to grab them. Catholics, practicing Catholics, good Catholics. So he puts out an encyclical called costi E Kanubi, right. in which he says, "You can't do that." Right? Okay. Right. This is going to lead to breakup of the family, the the devaluing of women by men, bad for the kids. I mean, he's. All the, he, he predicted all the same stuff that uh, uh, Paul VI talked about in Humana Vitae. <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, nothing much had changed except it had gotten much worse by the time I was an older boy. I became an older boy when I was seven years old in 1948. And there were two things I'd noticed before I became an older boy, but became starkly clear to me afterwards. Number one, the hardest the thing that made it hardest to hear the priest who was speaking sort of voce, you know, quietly many of his prayers, which we older boys had to be able to hear to know, you know, what we were sort of jump up and do next, right. right? But sometimes the clacking of the little old ladies whacking the backs of pews in front of them with the rosary beads was so loud we couldn't hear what he said. And I knew <laughs> that wasn't what Jesus had intended for the best way to attend Mass. I'm not saying they weren't it. They were doing anything immoral. It's just, well, the other one was roughly 10% of the families had more than two or three kids and then didn't even have that they constituted about 10% they took up a enti- most of them took up an entire pew or most of a pew that was by 1948 wow and it got worse every year i was mm-hmm. an older boy up until we left the united left canada and came to the united states in 1952 and i but i observed the same things at st mary's in centralia washington Okay, I observed the same thing down at Long Beach, Washington. I don't remember the name of the parish there, where, where my dad was an engineer with the highway department. <clears throat> it was the same thing. And then <clears throat> after after the pill came out, it was it was awful. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm this is not a put down on my wife. I kept looking for a nice girl I could take home to introduce to my mother that that, that I had some attraction to, obviously. But uh, Mm -hmm. and I kept looking around, and I wasn't finding him. And then he he introduced me to a Lutheran girl, who was raised as an old-fashioned Christian girl. Okay, she converted to Catholicism, of course. Having it had nothing to do with me. When I asked her, when she called me up and asked me if I wanted to, she invited me over for, for uh, a T bone steak and Heineken's. She knew the way to, she didn't, her mom didn't need to tell her the way to a guy, it's is through his stomach. It's, it's right. if you girls don't know that, it's true. It really is true. <laughs> uh, so I thought, hmm, well, I guess I could, I don't know what's going on, but I'll go. She says I'm become I'm being received the Catholic Church. She said, I'm a couple of, three or four weeks from that, then and I said, but, but, no, well, no, I said to her. She said, "When do you want to get married?" That was how it happened. And I said, well, "You said we couldn't get married unless we were of the same faith." And I said, "I, I just can't go through that again." She says, "I'm being received into the Catholic Church in about two or three weeks." Wow. I said, "Are you doing this for me?" She says, "You had nothing to do with it." Wow. She said, "If I had to make my decide mind up to decide to become a Catholic or not based upon you, I would have said no." She oh. says, but I am, but I am in love with you. And I thought, geez, uh-huh. <laughs> things yeah. must be pretty bad out there if she settle for a guy like that. it uh-huh. <laughs> so told me the boy guys and the girls were having the same problem. Yeah. Faithful.
0: So you they, saw this breakdown then happening. Yeah, so. all of it.
2: I've lived it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the girl most of the girls in the universities I was attending after the after the bill came out were succumbing to pressure from the boys. And I realized that. What had kept them pure before was fear of getting pregnant out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. Not,
0: yeah.
2: And that's when I—that's when I really started to realize how bad it really was.
1: Yeah. And the sexual revolution, right?
2: Yeah, but I wasn't judging them. I was sure no paragon of virtue. Mm. The truth is, after having been outside the sacraments for many many years, I went to confession. I got back into the graces of the church three days before I got married to Jean. She never found that out until we were up at Korak in South Dakota. I don't think I, I'd ever told her that before.
1: Uh,
2: so I'm not trying to pass myself off as some paragon of virtue who was right. judging women. I, 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 no. It's just I knew what the object was. I wanted somebody my mother would be proud of. Right. And so, as my dad said, son, it wouldn't matter. If she had three eyes, one in the middle of her forehead, as long as she's practicing Catholic, that's all we want. That's all we yeah. they were old-fashioned Catholics.
0: Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh at
0: any rate. But, uh, but but even that concern for a lot of people has, has seems seems to have shrunk. I mean, yes. Hold that that kind of bar being held up is not a major major uh, pillar for people.
2: It's growing. It's yeah, I, growing.
0: I do, I do believe it's coming back. Yeah, because I, I in 30 years of traveling and speaking, I've had so many people more and more come up and say, where do we find the good
2: ones? Yes. So I do know there's yes. more of it out there. And it's the girls asking that question as much or more than the guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Definitely. I, yeah. When I asked my dad, where am I going to find her? He says, you want to find her in a bar or a dance hall? Yeah. Yeah. I said, where will I find her? He says, in church. Yeah. Well, I, that isn't where I met Jean, but uh, I started attending their services. Mm. That's how bad off I was because mm. I wanted to marry her. And they were so bad. I was all, up until it came to push and shove. I was toying with the idea just between us girls of, of uh, throwing over my Catholic faith so I could marry her. Wow. You haven't got any, you haven't got any precautions thing here. I've got a lot of stuff to explain when I die.
1: Uh, or go to confession. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't. That no, kind of takes care of it,
2: yes, it yeah. does. Yeah, I, I, I thought I felt like I was floating through the air when I got yeah. a confession. Yeah, that
0: I, I, just, I just so so Desmond, as you've as you as you've seen everything unfold, you know, and and yeah, we're, we're we've got 15 minutes or so left in the show here. We do roughly, yeah, 15 minutes. Yeah, tell us, I mean, and give a little more like oomph to you've grown up, you saw, and you're right, Costi Kanubi, that was a powerful, powerful, yeah. you know, encyclical written. Um, and that was right at the time the Conference of Lambeth had just occurred. Yep. And so the Conference of Lambeth, the Anglican Church, opens the door, opens the floodgates, even yep. though I think the majority of, what, 27 of the of the federal council, national council churches, whatever that was, other denominations came out and said, no, we don't want to do this. That's right. And It had opened up the door. And then, boom, one thing after another led to where we are now, where they just reported that fifth graders in Chicago are going to have access to condoms this fall, next month, August. You know, the insanity of what's going on here is is just beyond the pale. So we see it. Anybody watching the news for even five minutes can see we are facing some real moral deprivation. Father's homily, at the day we record this, he gave a powerful homily on July 9th. People go out and see Father's homily of July 9th, Father Holman, where he talks about how we're supposed to stand by and just let... Men walk into women's bathrooms and we're supposed to accept someone's new pronouns and all of this stuff. Right. But they the need to, they need to evangelize and really, really take it to the evil forces that are out there with the weapons of the church is, is, is so imperative. Now, can you speak to that?
2: Yes, I can. Very definitely. I can. The key to being able to get people to listen is not to judge them. I've done plenty of judging in my life. Uh, you, can, you, can, you can do fraternal correction with love. Yeah. The Holy Spirit had to show me how to do it. So yep. I couldn't figure it out, surprise, surprise, on my own. Yeah. Uh, I've been praying for years for the ability to love truly love my enemies. Not as second nature, but as first nature. And it isn't always there on the first on the first hit. But it, a higher and higher percentage of the time, each month, each year, I'm able to do it. There are other times when the Holy Spirit just lets me founder on my own, and it doesn't turn out so well. Um, do not. Jesus said, he ordered us to forgive, pray for, and love our enemies. He didn't say, geez, if guys, if 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 this sounds like a good idea to you, you might give it a try. Uh, father could probably tell us exactly what the <laughs> words are. But he he said, No, you must love you must love. Right. Well, it, it depends on the translation. In some other languages it says must love. In English it just says love, but in other translations it says must love from other you know, languages.
1: I was thinking uh when you were talking about that confession, you know, and you're 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 so elated. You're back in God's good graces yeah. after, you know, uh, li- living that worldly life. I had lived in
2: constant fear of death for years.
1: Wow. Hmm. And, and, and and I was thinking about.
2: Do you want to know? Do you want to know the story of how? <laughs> it's right on point. All right. When I was 14 years old, I went to confession during a mission in Lent, and there was a we had a. a a redemptorist there, if I remember correctly, that he gave almost all, all the missions in those days, uh, came, and he was quite elderly, and I went to confession, and I I said something to him like, oh, I'm glad you're here, Father. He said, you know, Father knows the sound of my voice. i am sung in the choir with him, one of the older boys, and I said, thank you, because I get somebody who can I can confess this to and and and." He says, that's a terrible sin of pride. The whole church is full of my Catholic, fellow Catholics in a small town of 8,000 people. We have this one church. He continued to rail me and tell me what a terrible person I was for about 35, 40 seconds. Oh, my gosh. It took me 14 years to get back into the confession. Oh,
1: my gosh. Jesus. Wow.
2: You have so that, to deal I mean, with I, I, love.
1: Well, and I I listen to that story, and I think that that that's like demonic, you know that that, that he would do something like that. I mean, it's I don't like,
2: think he realized what he was doing. Oh, he was wow. he was he was sold. He shouldn't have been doing missions anymore. Uh, uh, you know, I,
1: I was thinking about uh, some of my favorite uh, times in my own priesthood. I've preached thirty three years this year, and uh, which is this is my death year, by the way. Anyways, uh, but. <laughs> You guys get that joke, right? No, <laughs> Jesus' yeah, that lifespan, 33 it, it, yeah, there was
2: the age of Christ. Oh, oh I'm like it. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway,
1: anyway, I don't
2: know what it got. I'm sorry, I apologize if that embarrassed you hearing a story like that about a priest father. I did, I no, no, plan, not I a bit. No, I didn't no. plan on saying that. That just no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Because I'll bet you there are a lot of people out there that can identify with what you just said there.
2: I can guarantee it.
1: Yeah. And, and, uh, but what I was going to say is when I, when we get in the confession, uh, someone who's on the other side, we don't know who it is, uh, because I, I believe in screens, by the way. But, anyways, um, you we don't know who it is. And then you hear the words, bless me, Father Friar, since it's been 20 years or, you know, 25 years since my last confession. I mean, my heart just starts pounding, you know, just for love. This is awesome, and I, I kind of half jokingly, I, I don't know if other priests call him it, but I call them a big fish, you know. Yeah, yeah. That you got a big yeah, one Got on a big one. We got a big one here. Stuff. This is a twenty-year, way one. But, uh, but, but the reality is, though, praise God, you know. And 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 I was watching you raise your arms like this when you went to confession after fourteen years, you know, and. uh and 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 how how amazing that was, and and you're right, that evangelization is not about judging, mm-hmm. and, and judging oftentimes can be seen as synonymous with condemning. Yep, that means that you're done. There's no help for you. You actually look at the culture right now. That's the way they they treat each other. Look what you bid did back, and you tweeted this when you were 12 years old or whatever, you know. And they're like 45 now, and, and, and so they. they You're done because you did this thing. No, no. I mean, we we all are a bunch of idiots. We've all done dumb things. And amazingly, God, in that moment, uh, in that that precious, precious gift of the sacrament of mercy, we are wiped completely clean. And I I try to reassure people, too, if I sense a little bit that that, um, they're not sure of their confession, I go, listen. The only thing that wouldn't be forgiven right now is if a sin came to your mind and you said, "Nope, I'm not." Even though I know that's a sin, I'm not going to confess it. So, it's the one you're, you you confess, the ones you confess, and all the ones that you didn't remember at this time. So, if you walk away, and the point is, I'm trying to make here is that God wants to give us that fresh start. He wants yeah. to the new beginning. And, and and so and again i loved when you did this about your confession desmond because it should be that way where this is awesome okay you know, god you know, i'm to all the in. people
2: i know who, i know who felt that way what's that the woman at the well yeah and the and the woman caught in adultery yeah they felt that way
0: yeah you know one of the but one of the things that's made it so much harder these days i believe <laughs> is, I mean, when you look at the fact that the seven spiritual works of mercy, the first one is admonish the sinner. And yeah. even the word admonish has a harsh sound to it. In uh, really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in general, we have a responsibility to tell someone if yes. they are veering away from God, if they're on the wide road. But to do it, as St. Paul says, in charity, but you still have to do it. You know, right. like Jesus ate with the sinners and so forth, but he always called them to repentance but our world today has become so
2: snowflakeish that everything hurts our feelings. The, but- trick, the trick is this if you are judging them and you're just trying to act like you're not, they know it. Yeah, you yeah, yeah. you can smell Always that mile away. Yeah. 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 You can tell
0: if someone really is doing it out of love. If you, if I, I yeah,
2: it. if you're if you're not ready to do it out of love, better you don't do it.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 I would agree well, with that. Tell so- somebody
2: else that can do it kindly with charity. Yeah. So yeah. what I
1: think, so what I think I hear you saying here, Desmond, is that you wanted to, what, what we're tempted to do is just cash in our chips and say it's all over and then just walk away and just say, you know, I, I'll just, uh, you know, go and live my life over here because the end's coming. And what you're saying instead is through this uh, um, amazing presentation that you gave us about these nine uh, things that need to happen is that. No, don't get into that defeated you know uh despairing way instead that's what, that's what Satan let's wants get, to do yeah, instead, let's get all on number one of the nine and let's let's get just on fire with evangelizing and let's do it with love uh and, yep. and i- and that's I get it. what you say too uh, that it, oftentimes we're tempted in our weak humanist humanity is to. Uh, try to to come across as superior to another. Yeah, you know, I, I know something. I have something, and you may want this. You know, you know what I'm saying. And you might want to get into our elite club and all that stuff. And no, no, we we want to 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 help them find a way to easily come into the arms of God, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got to evangelize. If they
2: can't see Christ in us; they're not going to believe it.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And 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 right now, of course, as we know, as we record this, even right now, the cancel culture—to use that term—although canceling has been going on since you know early Christian, er, well, you know, Old Testament days. You know, prophets were canceled left and right. It's called yep. putting silencing the truth by putting to death those who are speaking the truth. Well, yeah, the ultimate cancel. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But even now we've got people afraid they're going to lose their job. They they are going to you know. get blasted by their 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 school board if they stand up against critical race theory or whatever it is. All this stuff left and right so it's causing people to to lose that that gusto to evangelize. So, you know, father, you and I talk a lot about and you brought this up many, many times. We need to turn to the supernatural power of God right. for the courage. Courage. Right. I think in Joshua 1, verse 9, chapter one of my favorite passages, Behold, I command thee, take courage and be strong. Do not be dismayed, for I'm with you wherever you go. So no matter what our cancel culture is looking like for us, we have got to have the courage to do these things you're talking about, Desmond. I
1: mean, Can I I build on what you just said about courage, too? Amen, yes. Because we had a recent gospel that Jesus said, you know, we're called to evangelize, and then Jesus turns around and said, yeah, but you know everybody's going to hate you. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Realize you will be hated by all he said. Okay. Wait, thanks, Jesus, for a little pep talk there, you know. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> now, but now go but, get him. <laughs> <laughs> go out yeah. there and get hated.
2: <laughs> we do we darted we do die evangelization in my parish, okay? <laughs> and the, the first thing we tell people who've never done it before is if you haven't prayed and fasted to be able to handle rejection, right? Then then go home. Right. Fast brand comeback the next time we're doing it. Right. Yeah. That's good. but where I was going
1: with that with, with, with courage is that um is that we, we, we fear that being hated by some. Yeah. That that we're going to offend other people just because we stand true. No, I, I'm sorry, I can't call a man a woman or something like that, you know. Exactly. And, and and the other thing too is that. I believe that that uh, the most effective form of evangelization, and the earliest Christians taught us this, they were willing to stand for the truth even if they were going to be the lion's next meal. Yeah. Right. And 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 people looked onto that and went, "Wait a minute, right? You guys, that that's courage. Yep. That's courage." I always think uh, I always want to equate things to the D Day. You know, you see these guys storming the beach, and they knew that. Ninety percent of them weren't going to get off it alive, but they went anyway. Yeah, that that, that just gets your heart pounding, and you want to be a part of causes like that, you know. Yep. And so, so yes, charity, absolutely, but courage is is so um, impactful to other people to look on to see that you're willing to stand. So sometimes I think charity is is wrapped in with. We don't want to offend anybody, and so you know we we won't say what we believe or or live what we believe because we don't we want to be divisive. That's not what charity is. No, charity is leading people to the truth, leading people to to that life in Christ. Right, Desmond?
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Desmond, (laughs) how do you wrap this up? We're not in the end times, but we are, as Saint John says. But we've got a lot of pieces that have to fall into place. Before we should even be thinking, which isn't going to happen in our lifetime, it looks like, unless things move incredibly fast, hyperspeed, but it's unlikely, obviously. So, so, just just give people like that final shot in the arm, um, the, the right perspective, the the right angle to look, the right lens to look through all of this. Don't run for the hills. Don't run for your bunker. Get out there with the courage and the love and the zeal and make it happen. What what, what like what, how would you wrap it up?
2: All of the above is impossible without sufficient prayer. Nice, awesome.
1: Yep, it's got to be supernaturalized by yep. by first starting plugging in, basically, right? And
2: if you really get courageous, fasting. Mm. Yep,
1: the power of fasting, absolutely.
2: So
0: Desmond, I'm I'm praying grace before meals every day. That's my prayer life. How is that good? I mean, and and I eat, you know, I eat a lot. So I'm eating five, six meals a day. If I'm speaking as the average person out there, I I say I'd say a, tw- a, a three second prayer before I eat a meal. What kind of a prayer life are you? I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's spirituality is going to vary a bit from chapter to chapter of their life. But when you're talking about a prayer life, like from what Scripture has said, what our Lord talks about, what the saints talked about tell us what you mean by a prayer life to have that supernaturalization father mentioned
2: well if, if you were if you and i were in that position you just said that to me i'd say to you i'll grant you it's better than a sharp stick in the eye yeah. but is but is that, what, is that what jesus had in mind right. when he says pray constantly pray mm-hmm. pray with and st uh, paul says pray without ceasing
1: that, that that's so true you got to converse with god all day long yeah yeah you know i i throw up little prayers yeah you know, I, I, I've been doing I love you, Daddy, lately. I don't know why I've been inspired to do that. Abba, I use Daddy. Uh, but um, cover me in your mantle, Mary. Uh, hide me in the shadow of your wing. But keep me as the apple of your eye. And then just thank you, Jesus. And, and all this, you, just all day long, just to keep. Because why? Because th- th- in that way, you're expressing faith that you do believe in the existence of God. And if there isn't a, a God existing, then he's right here. And so why, why not be in relationship with him, right?
2: There's a, yeah, there's a, a, a plaque that my wife has in the, on the bathroom wall. It says it says, "God, I give you my weakness, please give me your strength." And mm-hmm. it's completely scriptural. Yeah. If you realize yeah. you're nothing, thats right you'd, you'd be gone in a, in, a, yeah. in a puff of smoke if he didn't keep you alive. Yeah. Uh, we can't do anything without it. Nothing yeah. good can happen without it. So yeah. if you want more good, Spend more time with it.
1: That's it. Yeah. That's a great way for us to end.
2: Yeah, that's awesome, Desmond. This that's has awesome.
1: been great, Desmond. Thank yeah. you so much. This has been awesome. Well, yeah. I hope that's I didn't bring
2: bad. any grandmothers or, or, or parents <laughs> out there when I talked about <laughs> the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. Yeah, right,
0: right, right. <laughs>
2: no, I, I think a lot I think a
0: lot of them would look back and say, Yeah, you're right, because they lived yeah. through it too. I mean, they they they've seen it. They, I mean, i i I'm, I'm the youngest one here of the three of us, but I look, I remember the 70s. I was born in 65. I remember things breaking down in the 70s, the TV shows, the yeah. music industry. I saw things, you know, just getting kind of whoopy and weird in the churches when yeah. all of a sudden our high altars were ripped out and put in with some yeah. mosaic, kind of shiny, glimmery thing. I don't even it just makes me yeah. turns my stomach. Father, son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen.
1: Come, Holy
0: Spirit, amen. fill the hearts of, the heart of, of your faith faithful faith and faith. kindle
1: them the fire of your love. Thank May Almighty God. God bless you. The Father, the Son. And the Holy Spirit. Spirit, Amen. 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 Thanks, Thanks, Desmond. Desmond. This was great. Well, thank Thank
2: you guys.